Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. My name is Tony Kerr and with me uh, this week is Gareth Prevo. Hi Tony. And James Fowler. Hi Tony. Who were both at Corbett Field on Tuesday night. Well there's not many other places to go. <laughs> <laughs> and both put in very professional performances Absolutely. I'd like to say. Absolutely. <laughs> both uh, both working hard in, uh, in different uh, guises. Um, I don't think there's much shampoo used up in the referee's house afterwards <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> How's the hamstring? today jim fine mate. i'm, I'm a, uh, a, a um uh, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're on the line um gareth you had the notepad in hand um as wreck demolished st martin's seven nil the final score um mark rommel's side now four points clear of rovers um gareth was it as a, a bigger disparity as the scoreline suggests um, it was probably as comfortable as it suggests. Certainly, um, you must say Saints were second best. Although, funnily enough, Saints a couple of times put together a couple of really nice moves. It was a bit of a strange evening, considering there was doubts about whether the game might go ahead. And it, the pitch was soft, but it was certainly playable. And there was some actually some really nice football played. But Wreck, in terms of finishing, was just outstanding last night. I mean, Marlon Jardim scored two in the first quarter of an hour, and no goalkeeper was saving either of them. Uh, and that could be said for pretty much most of the most of the Wreck goals. I, th- I thought they were very good last night. It, I think. Uh, I know Mark Rommel said after the game that the loss to Rangers probably hurt them a bit because, um, that, you know, having not lost in the league before um, going down in that one at the KG5 was a bit of a disappointment. But I actually think that this was a bigger reaction to their previous performance against Saints when they won 3-1, but uh, Rommel was not a happy man afterwards. After this one, he was very happy because they were excellent pretty much from front to back, to be honest. Well, let's hear what he had to say. Uh, a chirpier Mark Rommel will speak to you at full time. Mark, last time I talked to you after a Saints game, you were pretty disappointed with the performance. I bet that's not the case tonight. Yeah, we won and I was disappointed, yeah. And then, <laughs> no, it was good today. I mean, it's probably the best performance that we've put in probably around since probably October, November time. I thought we were very good today. So, you know, 7-0 against Saints is, is a scoreline, isn't it? So, um, yeah, very good. Really pleased with that. Um, I th- it seemed like your team had the, the sort of the air of a side who wanted to make sure they extended their lead at the top of the table tonight. That was, it, it was a proper sort of like... Um, title contenders performance really yeah I think there was a bit I mean look after last week disappointing to lose to Rangers in the style we did I think you know we didn't it wasn't panic stations at all but it was certainly it was the first game we lost and, and um, we sort of questioned them a little bit we sort of said well you know you've got to this is the first time you've been in this position you need to we need a reaction yeah, but you know we weren't it wasn't anything major it was just one of those days so yeah I mean they. I think they that hurt them a bit and they came back with a bit of a point to prove so yeah fair play to them yeah and there's some clinical finishing tonight. Yeah, that, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a dream for the coach when your front four score seven goals between them. Uh, you know, obviously delight for Marlon to get two really good goals, the first two goals, and then obviously for Jacob to score two, Louis get one. And then for Faz, you know, it's brilliant to see Faz playing football, really. The bigger picture is just, just to see Will actually playing football is a, is a great. And for him to come on and score two goals, mm-hmm. you know, it's brilliant, really. So couldn't have asked for more than that. Um, and also a word for your midfielder. I thought Luke Gurdjian was excellent tonight and, and Jack Wilcox as well. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Luke was unbelievable today. The amount of, you know, the yardage he covered today. I mean, I just said to him, you know, he's literally our, our man of the match when he came off. It was fantastic. But Jack, yeah, he deserves credit. He's, I said to him today, actually, I felt like he'd been a little bit safe the last couple of games and he's better than that. You know, I said to him, be a bit braver on the ball, back yourself. If you make mistakes, that's fine. But, you know, have an influence because you're a good player and, and he really took that on board. He knew it and uh, he took it on and I thought he was excellent today as well. But Brad, Brad as well, I thought, um, word for him, you know, defensively, you know, we've only conceded four goals in the league this season and Brad O'Regan um, just been fantastic. Him and uh, Matt O's out of the back as well always deserve a bit of credit because they, what they do is goes a bit unnoticed but fair play to them as well. Yeah. Now try and keep this momentum going for a while. 
Yeah, I mean, the momentum's a thing for all the coaches, I think. I think we're all in the same boat. The, the biggest frustration is we can't get any momentum because of weather, you know, and we've got supposed to play Sylvan's Friday and, it, and it's supposed to rain for three days, so there's going to be question marks over that now. And I think that's the problem with all of us is trying to keep ticking over, finding ways to keep the boys sharp, and that's really the challenge for all of us, I think. Mark Rumble speaking to you there. Um, Jim, as we say, you're on the line. Um, what was your view from uh, from sort of running up and down? Well, I, I, quite often you can tell a lot about where a match is going to go from the team sheets right? uh, in the referee's room. And and the uh, Valrec team sheet had seven subs, at least five of whom I'm saying could uh, be absolute game changers uh, for them. Uh, the Saints uh, team sheet had three subs names on it, two kids and one person. I'm not even sure if he was there. Uh, you know, that to me said everything about the way that the game was going to go. And within 10 minutes after the first goal, you knew that was the way it was going to go. You know, I would say on that, I, mean, I hadn't seen Rec for quite a while. On that performance, uh, I've seen the future and it's the Prio Cup with yellow ribbons on it. Uh, you know, I think, I, I know it's the title is in Rovers' hands. They've still got to play Rec twice. And their level on games played, I believe, but you know, I just can't see it. Given that Rovers threw a, a lead away to only draw with Saints at the weekend, it, despite dominating them for the period of the game that I saw, uh, you know, the Saints were dominated for ninety minutes uh, last night, and and Wreck look uh, unstoppable. Yeah, and the strength and depth, as you say, um, to build bring people like Wolf exactly off the bench, who's um, looking a real powerhouse at the moment, and uh, yeah, took his goals nicely, Gareth. Yeah, he, um, the first one was a bit strange. Actually, I don't know if the keeper was wrong-footed, but it sort of it was a it was a decent hit from twenty-five yards and sort of went in the centre of the goal. But young Isaac Eaton Jones has sort of gone the wrong way. I don't know where it swerved or whether he was just unsighted. Uh, but the second one, yeah, Will um, latched onto a ball, had half the field to run, and he never looked like missing. It was one of those. Some sometimes you look at some people, they look like rabbit in headlights. You knew he was going to score his second one, and he came so close to completing a hat trick. He hit the inside of the post. Uh, with with the young keeper beaten and the ball bounced straight back into the keeper's hands um, is a bit unfortunate for Will on that one but yeah he can be quite happy with his sort of uh, half hour he got running out um, coming on for Marlon Jardim who could have had a hat-trick himself he went close on a couple of other occasions um, but yeah Valrec I mean I speak about their front three quite a lot uh, they'll cause anybody problems but last night I was just really really impressed with, with midfield as well I mean I've written in my report for for Thursday's paper Luke Godion was outstanding I mean I know he works hard and he, he sort of plays that holding midfield role well but some of his passing last night was just outstanding and uh, young Jack Wilcox I think a, a, a decent player as well he, he looked pretty good and Seb Skillen when he's fit obviously makes a difference he, he adds a touch of class to that midfield so there's, there's a lot going for Wreck at the moment and they've still got sort of Damien Larkin to come back in. Um, so they've got a very strong squad and yeah, you'd have to say it's going to take a lot for Rovers to overtake them now. Uh, Luke Godion clearly though was, was powered up by the fact that he seems to have cut the backs out of his socks. <laughs> uh, this new Obviously works. This new trend, I mean, it's, it was obviously some superpower as, as part of that, though it didn't seem to rub off on Cal Alasher, although he's done the same thing. Yeah, they were but, talking about this on... What is going on there? Yeah, talking about some football cliches this week. Um, the it's fact a that trend. Jim. It's a it was trend. kind of boiling Richard Key's year in, shall we say, um, this week. But yeah, it is. Uh... I must be getting old. I'm feeling the same way. Well, I might uh, get the scissors out for my. If anybody cuts out their indie socks. <laughs> <laughs> Big hole in the back of the, sh uh, the back of the socks and tiny shin pads. It's the it's the future, the way to go. Um, are, are you surprised by how quickly 
the momentum has developed at Verrec to go from kind of where they were a couple of years ago and then, you know, with um, obviously Mark Romwell and, and sort of that new uh, battery team coming in to now being kind of what looks like the sort of powerhouses in the league? Well, a lot of that squad were there a couple of years ago when they were chronically underperforming, you know. So it's not as if that, uh, that Mark has, has brought in a significant bunch of players who have changed the game. Um, I mean, obviously, the one thing that they are is is is, is quite an old team. Um, you know, the, the, with Rec not having any significant um, youth until under 16s, I believe at the moment. So, I think there was one lad on their bench yesterday who comes from the under 16 group. But uh, you know, they don't have an under 18s team that's going to bother the Prio anytime soon, I suspect. And uh, uh, yeah, so so there isn't any throughput. So the, the team is is quite not aging would be uh, disrespectful but you know it's, peak, it's, I guess. It's, it's not a young group so yeah maybe they are but for whatever reason it's just it's working and and it's beginning of the season you know they were set up very well tactically you know, to be tight and, and and to do teams on the break and then you kind of think oh, what's going to happen in a game where they dominate or you know are asked to dominate possession but you know, there's no worries on that score I mean across the board you know the the Potential for scoring goals was was everywhere last night. You know, mm-hmm. from uh, from raiding fullbacks, everybody in the midfield. It didn't really seem to be a holding midfield. Not that they needed one, but you know, the midfield three just buzzing around, the, the attack three buzzing around. I mean, it's just it had you know all the hallmarks of a team that explicitly knows where they are going. And I haven't seen a team playing like that since um, well. Rovers in the Finn Whitmore era 18 months ago were playing like that. You know, a team that knew there were goals all over the park, confident in abilities across across the team as well. And, you know, just going for it. And that was the impression I got uh, last night. Yeah, I think they've actually grown with the status of being the league leaders and sort of the, being being the hunted, I suppose. But, um, you know, at the start of the season, when they started putting their, their unbeaten run together, four or five games, you're thinking, well, this is going to come to an end quite soon. They got to 11 games, I think, unbeaten in the league before the, the, the defeat at Rangers, which, uh, you know, that 1-0, it could have gone either way, whatever. But their response to that and, and how they carried themselves up until that point has been really impressive. They have just grown with confidence and, you know, I mean, and it makes such a difference when you've got guys up front who are going to get you goals. You you know when you, if Marlon's fit, he'll score you goals. Faz has obviously joined the, the squad now and he's going to be a big help for them if he's coming off the bench for the last half hour. Defenders won't want to see that particularly. And um, Jacob Marson, Pipe and, and Louis Travis just... They, as Jim says, they just love buzzing around, causing havoc, basically. And uh, they, they just look like they've grown in stature this season. It's been pretty impressive. And uh, buzzing is, is a key word, actually. The, p- the pace across the team is incredible. You know, th- there was one period where they were almost one by one closing down individual Saints defenders at one point. And it was kind of like relentless, remorseless. You think... You know, Saints must be thinking, how are we going to get out here? You know, because you know, the, all of those players have got blistering pace, and uh, you know, and it's quite perturbing to see them coming at you in that way. You know, yeah, big win then for Wreck. They host Sylvans, weather permitting, on Friday night. To give it much chance, um, I don't give that one much chance. There, there will be some Prio football definitely on the weekend because KG Five Three G will be in use for at least one game, probably two. I know Rovers have already moved. Uh, funnily enough, Kevin Galigas was at the uh, the Wreck game with with his game being off uh, on Tuesday night. 
and um, they, they've already taken the chance to move it to the 3G because they want to get some football in. Um, so it's likely that'll be the second in the double header with Saints, Saints Alderney. Uh, Alderney North. Alderney North, sorry, uh, first up. So th- there will be some Prio football this weekend, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Corbett Field doesn't make it for Friday, considering looking out the window, it's not stopping raining. Yeah, we'll see what transpires this weekend. Um, speaking of Alderney there, um, Jim, uh, I know you were frantically refreshing social, various social media feeds on Saturday um, as Alderney hosted Bells and produced the first win in 18 months. It's, it's a terrible way to watch football, that. Uh, <laughs> relying on two different social media streams, <laughs> neither of which you can trust to update on a regular basis. So um, I've found out that Bells have taken the lead on the Bells Twitter uh, and then um, realised that uh, Aldney had equalised on the Aldney Facebook um, uh, group. Then uh, 2-1, according to the Aldney Facebook group, and you're thinking, what, well, you know, time must be, you know, and refresh, get nothing. <laughs> Bell's Twitter's now giving you nothing. And you think, well, it must be time now, surely. And then about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes after finishing time, you'd expect it, you realise that Aldney won 3-2. <laughs> and you had no idea that, that there was a last-minute goal and then an injury-time winner. So uh, what, what a way to what a way to um, to win that or to achieve that much-coveted win, which has been what? 30 odd games in the uh, in the waiting for yeah a long run to break and uh, obviously um, with Indies and Alderney kind of forming this I was going to say unofficial partnership but it's quite official now isn't it um, uh, sort of close partnership this season you've obviously become more and more attached to Alderney as a as an outfit how pleased were you just to see them get a bit of reward well, I mean, you know, so I've been uh, pitch side for, for most of the uh, Guernsey-based games this season. Obviously, we can't get players up to Alderney to support them for their home games. But uh, s- somehow the, the Alderney group um, you know, is able to put out much better performances in Alderney than they are with our help. So, uh, <laughs> are you reading I, much into that? I'm, or? I'm not sure what to make of it. But, I mean, Alderney have played four games at home uh, this season. They were beaten 1-0 by Rovers. They drew 1-1 with Verrek, they drew nil-nil with North and now they've beaten Bells at home so uh, yeah, you know, John Fernandez won't be let on the plane <laughs> c- clearly that there is uh, you know there's some something uh, that goes on at Mount Hale that means that uh, you know, the normal for- form book gets uh, gets reversed whether it's you know teams take weakened teams up to Alderney whether it's the, the uh, lack of subs because uh, games in Alderney are only allowed with two substitutes on each side because of the limitations of the plane and indeed probably the depth of the, of the Alderney squad. Um, so, yeah, that might be a factor as well. But those results are, you know, seriously impressive that they've achieved at home. Um, and in, in quite a few games this season, I mean, obviously the start of the season was was not great. And I think without uh, without the support of Indies, Alderney would have probably gone to the wall because, you know, in a, in a paper-thin squad, a couple of injuries and or and suspensions, there has been a couple of suspensions, um, you know, would just leave them absolutely bereft. So it's great that we've been able to assist them. A lot of games, uh, we've been in it for quite a while. You know, there was an issue at the start of the season, we couldn't score any goals. But then on the 3G, where, of course, perhaps arguably it is easy to score goals, we have scored goals. Um, and, you know, would have beaten Rangers were it not for an injury time uh, equaliser. Uh, were well in the game against Sylvans until the last 10 minutes. We're holding Rovers at 2-2 until the last eight minutes of that game and went on to lose 5-2. So, you know, so some of the results are a wee bit misleading. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a group of players trying to uh, put, you know, put, 
together a, a, a competitive effort. You, you, realistically, you know, this is not the ordinary team that was nearly winning the title a couple of years ago. I mean, um, that's what, five years ago now. Um, but yeah, this is a team that is able to compete at uh, Prio level, does have some uh, players of, of very decent uh, Prio quality. And the other the thing that people in Guernsey underestimate is actually how much this team means to the island. Um, you know, it really is well-backed, well-supported, both financially and in terms of attendances in, in Alderney. And it would be a, a terrible loss if, uh, if if that was lost to uh, to the league, I think. So, um, you know, uh, w- continues to wish them well. Yeah, that win, uh, a much-needed boost. I'm sure it will have been well-celebrated uh, across the island. And, uh, well, to find out a bit more about what it meant, how it played out and um, the state of Alderney football, Jim and I uh, caught up with Rob Kirkland, um, who is uh, a teacher at St Anne's School, um, also assistant coach now haven't got involved since moving to the island last summer first of all just uh talk us through what it meant to get that longer awaited win on saturday and then yeah what the atmosphere in the uh in the dress screen was like afterwards yeah i think um there was a, a real sense of relief and um sense of achievement all rolled into one i think the nature of the game um a little bit topsy-turvy and i'll come on to explain it a little bit later but having conceded an equalizer in injury time all is lost, we felt, or at least we dropped points, only to go on and win it. It was um, very strange, but uh, uh, a lot of excitement, um, a lot of um, appreciation for all the hard work that's gone on behind the scenes that's transferred onto the pitch. So, yeah, great to get across the line and to hold on to three points finally. So how did you end up conceding in injury time, Rob? Because it's incredibly uh, frustrating just um, refreshing Twitter and, uh, and or Bell's Twitter and Alderney Facebook trying to, to, to get a score update. No, I can imagine. Um, general flow of the game, just a, a brief overview. We um, we went 1-0 down um, and we, we equalised just before half-time. Um, a crafty short corner um, finished by um, Andy, McMill- Andy Lawrence. Sorry. Uh, 1-1 half-time. We knew we were in a good position to push on and go forward. We got a 2-1 up with a... Uh, Josh Concannon um, scoring from close range from a corner. So I think we bossed the game, had a couple of chances to maybe extend our lead, but didn't quite do it. Obviously, then they've come forward and sort of thrown everything at us. And timely sort of cross and a bit of a deflection in the box and someone stabbed it in from close range. So we're 2-2, deep into injury time on my running... And surely at that moment, Rob, you must have had your head in your hands. I mean, this has happened to you once already this season against Rangers, isn't it? Conceding an injury time. It, it was quite unbelievable. Myself <laughs> and Alan, obviously the manager, just looked at each other in sheer disbelief and were like, what have we got to do to, to hang on to the game or a game? But um, come of the hour, come of the man. And I think they, they were sort of gung-ho and fired up to try and get something out of it. And there was time left and the referees watch. Um, they threw a lot of men forward and we, we got a break with Dante Walker driving up through their, the middle of their pitch and managed to get a shot away. The keeper made a great save and he got a rebound. And then obviously everything erupted, all the car horns were going off. <laughs> so maybe two or 300 people watching, dog barking, kids going berserk. <laughs> Love it. was going off. Um, it was fantastic to see and I mean, Alderney is such a community club, isn't it? You know, and everyone comes around and supports. So I think everyone's been hanging on for this 
this result and um, wanting it. And we've got close a couple of times this season. Yeah, I can but picture again, I can picture the scene for sure. I mean, obviously you went to Bells and, and lost um, last week, but uh, yeah. sort of given their own struggles this season, was it, uh, you know, the home game, was it one that you'd been kind of really earmarking? I think to be, I think to be honest, we earmarked the game at Bells as well. And we, we, we thought we did really well there and um, ultimately created three or four good chances, which on another day um, would have been finished and perhaps we could have stolen the result there. They've got... Um, Obviously, they had one very, very talented centre forward by the nickname of Crusher, I believe. Um, and he was the difference. So, obviously, we were looking to see if he'd made the journey across on the return to Alderney this weekend just passed. And he, he hadn't. So, we fancied our chances a little bit more. And it was a, it was a proper game, played in the right spirits. Um, no holding back. But we managed to just edge it, which was uh, much to everyone's relief. Uh, what is it about Alderney, Rob? Because you've played four games at home this season, uh, only lost by a single goal to Rovers, got points off North and Valerec, uh, and now and now a win. I mean, it seems that nobody likes going up to Alderney to play, and yet and and the team seems to come together, uh, you know, perhaps more strongly than than on its travels. Yeah, it's it, it really is a hard thing to sort of put a finger on. I can only sort of believe that sense of performing in front of the community where people live and work there's there's a lot of support um more than, than we sort of see over in guernsey obviously because we can't take fans with us but that sense of playing at home performing in front of people that we walk in the streets with every day um and it, people seem to have a little bit more of a spring in the step i think some of the other teams don't like the day's travel uh maybe that takes it out of them but with sympathies, we have to do it sort of 14 times a season. Um, so I'm not sure if it's too much of a leveller. And we've heard in the past people saying the pitch, uh, although certainly long enough, might not be as wide and maybe the quality of the surface, but it hasn't been cutting up too badly and it, you can pass the ball quite nicely on it. And infinite, it's the same for both teams, isn't it? From the playing. So a combination of everything, really. And dare I say, one or two old hands that know their way around the Premier League very nicely and are only available for home games. Right. Um, um, and when, when you play at home as well, Rob, I mean, that's when it really comes um, into play that you understand how much the club means to the island, doesn't it? Because, you know, there's, there's no other sport, team sport in Alderney where everybody can get, can get behind. And, and until you're kind of involved in the club, I felt this year, uh, you don't, uh, you know, you don't don't just don't appreciate the strength of feeling and support there is for for the football club in in Alderney, even though you've only got what less than twenty players actually registered or available. It's it's quite unlike anywhere that I've experienced throughout my sort of professional and career, and where I've lived. You are essentially it's the heartbeat of the community. There are only a handful of games, and everyone these are earmarked, and people know well in advance. Um, it's a real family-run club, so you've got this the sense of the minis and the juniors that train, obviously, around the club, but they come on and want to work what the first-team men play. So they're all down. So there's the children, there's the sort of teenagers, and then there's the the families, but then it's the older generation. And I think there's a... Obviously, it's no secret, Alderney has a, an aged population, but they want days out and they want an opportunity to observe live sport. There's nothing 
better. We all, we all know the, the benefits of it. So they come down in the numbers as well. So it's got a real sense of meaning for those that play and for those that watch and support. Yeah, tell us about you, Rob. Obviously, you're still a relative newcomer to the island, um, but you've sort of thrown yourself right into the the the, the football club. Um, yeah, what, what's your own sort of football history and, and personal history, I guess? Yeah, um, well, obviously, I'm in my early 40s. Uh, family, um, personal history of football playing. Uh, goalkeeper for a number of years, was knocking on the door. Exeter City, the young academy player, didn't quite make it. Went off... Um, Fell in love with coaching while playing sort of semi-pro in Birmingham throughout university. Then fell into teaching and ended up working overseas in the Middle East this sort of last decade, whereas I was the director of football um, for the leading British international school in the Gulf. And then I moved on to be head of PE. Um, Ten years is a long time in the Gulf and we wanted to raise our little family with sort of British traditions and an, a real community environment. And the opportunity to come as a PE teacher at St Anne's, the local school on the or the only school on the island, presented itself, and we thought, you know what, let's give it a go. Um, a long time in advance, after knowing I was coming, I contacted um, JT, the chairman, through the um, the website and through the Facebook pages, and just said, look, although me playing days are probably behind me, I'm free and willing to coach and offer some understanding that I've got. With, with every age range suitable, really. And I think they snapped my hand off, to be honest. And <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, given that, yeah, Jim sort of mentioned, you know, the, 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 the obviously the relatively small pool that you've got up there. When, when someone calls up <laughs> with any kind of background in football, um, there must be a lot of excitement. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, so met with JT um, when I first got over and then other members of the, the committee and obviously having a young daughter, I said, what youth football is there? So on a Sunday morning, we're down there with all the other under eights, under nines, teaching them how to play football. And it's a great community effort. Lots of mums and dads helping on and then do a little bit of coaching with the lesser numbers in the under 14s, 13s and 12s. And then got involved as best I can with the men's first team, which is which is fantastic. And Rob, what what have you felt about the the standard of, of the Prio League? I mean, you've seen every uh, other team in action this year, as well as all the all, all the Alderney games. Uh, what are you what are you making of what you've seen so far? Do you know across the board, um, Jimmy? It's it's of a very high standard. Um, there's clearly players that are have dropped down from the the Guernsey FC and are still obviously native to the island or living long on the island. And you can see there's a real sort of um, high quality of players. And then it's that same going the other way and some younger players that have maybe um, just dropped out because they need a little bit more experience before moving back into that competitive team. So that that's really bolstered the, the quality of the league. Another thing that I've been really impressed with is the sort of pathways that all of the youth, all of the teams have for their youth. And that ability to obviously they play at the 16s and maybe the 18th age groups, but there's a real pathway to the first team um, of this standard, which is great to see. And what do you what do you make of the uh, of the Alderney squad and how competitive you expect to be perhaps next year and uh, and and beyond? I mean, obviously, it's, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Alderney almost won the league title. Uh, or yeah, a, a miracle really when you when you consider the, uh, the the size of the player base. But uh, you know, how do you think things might be set for uh, for the next year or two? 
Well, I think obviously we have to talk about our um, amalgamation or collaboration with with your team, CF Indies. Um, it's been it's been a fantastic joining of two sets of um, two teams, two sets of players. Um, they've added that little bit of numbers and that little bit of depth that have helped us be competitive um, when we come across to Guernsey and a great group of lads. And I think we've bonded really well. So hopefully we can continue to develop that partnership. Um, Analyzing games with a critical eye, I see that Alderney has sort of eight or nine what I call very competitive players for this standard of football. Um, And when we can keep them fit and when we can get them all on the pitch or the plane for that instance, at the same time, we're, we're good enough to give anyone a game. The challenges that we've found have always been a little bit to do with um, maybe fitness of those players and towards the end of the game as they're doing a lot of the work and then obviously the depth of the squad. We will always have challenges of finding players that are able to deliver and sort of influence games at the highest level. Um, it's open door for everyone that's interested. Obviously, we know this is I know this is going out there, but if you want to come along and get involved, then we're still looking for some quality players. Um, and we offer a roller coaster of a season. I can only put it that way. <laughs> it's, it certainly can be entertaining. I mean, it's quite remarkable, really, that Alden as I say, you know, came that close to winning the title, but also the the um, just the circumstance of, of a group of young players almost coming through together over a period of four or five years. I know before your time, Rob, but you know the Concannons, the Adamsons, uh, the Blackhams. Uh, you know that group, uh, Dante Walker, you just mentioned before, six or seven lads there, all of a similar age group all you know all coming through together from a place with a population of less than 2000 it's almost like you know Torval having a team isn't it? it you're not wrong what one of the amazing things here and i think this is maybe from a from a physical education perspective is that the children of the island both girls and boys are incredibly active and play a range of different sports so obviously we're talking about football here but there's they're out playing cricket. They're out playing rugby at an early age. They're out playing um, tennis and paddle and a whole. And I'll be doing some other sports that this this service, but a range of other sports. So that those skills that they're honing at such a young age are being given the opportunity to um, develop further and more because there's some good coaches on the island. There's some great opportunities. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a strange opportunity. What you would think there's not enough children on the island, but those that are here get a real exposure to a lot of opportunities to play and to develop. And there's one big game left for you this season, Rob, in a month's time or five weeks, I think it is. Uh, your Marathi semi-final against Guernsey, your first taste of the Marathi. How much are you looking forward to that? Oh, I, just, for every, I mean, everything I've heard of it is it's such a fantastic event, community supported and sort of the opportunity to, to test ourselves again against some of the best players in the Channel Islands. And ultimately, we know there will be um, a number of players of quality in the other team, but you've got to think about the the opportunities. Football, it's 11 versus 11, and anything can happen on any given day. And I think we'll go into it knowing that we can give a good account of ourselves. And um, you never know. But I'm personally looking forward to it, and I know... I know the squad's looking forward to it. I know the community is also looking forward to it as well. Well, well you know, we're 100% behind you every other year. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. Fully appreciate that. I just want to thank the, the, the community that continually supports 
um, the first team in their home games and the the Alderney support that come and visit us when we're playing in Guernsey. Without without you guys, it really it really would make our games even more challenging. And then a big shout out to the minis and the junior coaches who give their time time on the weekend selflessly. And then finally to the committee that do a lot of hard work behind the scenes um, and all the fundraising that goes on to allow us to compete in the league. Rob Kirkland speaking to myself and Jim there. Um, yeah, all the best to them um, for the rest of the season. Uh, what have we got coming up this weekend? We touched on the Prio GFC back at home uh, against Hartley Wintney. Um, a two o'clock kickoff again, though, I guess we'll wait and see what the pitch looks like. We'll keep a close eye on what happens there. Um, but for now, that's it from us. Um, thanks once again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Of course, the best place to keep up uh, with local football is in the pages of the Guernsey Press. And if you're enjoying uh, this podcast, um, the best way to support us is to pick up a copy of the paper six days a week. And of course, you can follow us on social media as well. At GSY Press Sport is the place to go. Um, we'll see you next week. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.